Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Beth. We are in Parshish Chayasara, Tafshin Base, and what we want to know, I guess one of the questions we'll ask ourselves is, what is my mission in the world? Who am I? What is my mission in the world? What am I doing here every day? And how would I do it? Do I have the tools and the energy to do it? If I could figure out what it is, then how do I know I have the strength to do it? Is it bigger than me? Is it exactly a custom design for me? And and if it's custom designed for me by God, how would I go about doing it? So the context of it is that it's the, you know, the Rebbe speaking to the Shluchim during the Kinnis of Shluchim about um, what Shluchit is. What does that mean to be fulfilling your mission? What Shluchit is? And the, and, and the Rebbe says, um, because we've all, they've all gathered together as Shluchim, so you might as well figure out who you are. You know, why did you guys all gather together? Why, why is this a conference of Shluchim? This is a conference of Shluchim. The first question we want to ask ourselves is kind of what Fox News would ask us if they sent a reporter. Oh, why are you all here? Who are you all? What do you have in common? Right? Imagine somebody just coming from the outside. I see there's a large, large gathering of thousands of people. Why? Who are you? What makes you, what gives you a common bond <clears throat> as, as opposed to bonding together with a different group? So um, the question that Zareva asked is, what the connection is between Mashiach and Shlichus? Now, why, why that question? Because, well, because Zareva said, there's only one thing left to do in Shlichus. Everything's been done. And the upgrade in Shlichus today is to be Makabo Pnei Mashiach Sutenu, the Pnei in actuality, to receive Mashiach Sutenu, make ourselves ready and to usher in the process of Geula and to receive Mashiach, accept Mashiach. So that doesn't mean that we stop lighting Shabbos candles or we stop putting on tone or we stop any of those things. It just means that everything then is filtered through the gateway of receiving Mashiach. You know, let's say right now I'm sitting in the park. So so I could, you know, people could ask, well, what are you doing? I'm sitting. Well, where are you sitting? You know, Everything is filtered through, well, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm giving a shear on the phone. Oh, okay. So the gateway for everything, you know, do I stand up? Do I move here? Do I move there? Depending on how much noise people make. It's all filtered to that through the lens of this one and only purpose. I want to do the shear. I want to record the, this class on the phone with the least distraction and the most and the nicest venue that I can possibly sit in at this moment. So we know what the purpose is. So there they are getting together, and the purpose is Mashiach. And they are Shluchim. So then the obvious question that a five-year-old would ask is, what is the connection between Mashiach and Shluchim? So there's a Pasuk in um, uh, maybe Parsha Shlach. There's a Pasuk in, in Shmait here. Shlach Nabiyat Tishlach. Beinu says to Hashem, Hashem says to Meishur Beinu, Take the Jewish people out of Galus, out of Mitzrayim. And Meshur Bain says, well, I know that in the future there will be another, it's not, I, I may be beginning the process, but at the end of the, the whole process, there will be Mashiach who finally really takes the Jewish people out of Galus. Um, would you mind just sending him straight instead of involving me in it and making it a two-part process? 
that that makes a lot of sense. Um, right, measure being the same. Bypass myself. Go right straight to the end and just just do the whole thing through Mashiach. Now, obviously, and by the way, the words the words that are used to say this. Why doesn't Meshavenu say Shlach Mashiach, then Mashiach? But instead, the words that he uses to indicate this, you know, lead me out of the process and just go straight to the end. He says, Shlach na biyatishlach. Send, please, through the hands that you will ultimately send. Shlach tishlach. So that means, Shlach, tishlach, shliach, it's all the same root. Mashiach is a shaliach of Hashem who, who sends, who ultimately sends people on shlichus and uh, to redeem the Jewish people. And really, um, um, it, it, it sounds like a really good argument, you know, leave me out of the process. Leave me out of the process, then we have to understand, Meishar Benu surely knew, because Meishar Benu was shlichus of Chachma, the Kedusha. He was as right as they get. Well, Shlomo Melech was the wisest man in the world, wisest man on the earth, but this was before Shlomo Melech. And he was whole, complete chachma of holiness. So he knew that Hashem knows that there will ultimately be Mashiach. <laughs> well, yes. And so he knew that Hashem knows what the best plan is. So why is he asking for this? Why doesn't he say, Hashem, I know you have perfect judgment. You are, you, you are the one who creates the whole thing. Why do I have to question your judgment? Why is he questioning? What is he asking for? Why can't he just say, Hashem, doesn't make sense to me, but you know what you, you are the ultimate judge. I trust your judgment. I don't have to second guess you. I don't have to make suggestions to you, Hashem. Why didn't he say that? Hashem, I don't make suggestions to you. You are the ruler of the world. I don't make suggestions because you have perfect wisdom. Why didn't he say that? Why did he come along with an opinion? There are people who would say that that's heretical, God forbid. And yet, Meshur being with Shlemus of, of, of Chachma, he is the, the wisdom of holiness, the wisdom of, of, of Tyra, the wisdom of holiness in its fullest sense. So he's pretty much up there in terms of having good judgment and knowing what's what. So why is he asking for this? And once a tzaddik asks for something, then it, it, it will be received and accepted. He's not some, you know, plain person. He knows what to ask for. And Hashem respects his opinion. So what's going on? And the answer is, since this is a request from my Shurbanu and brought down in eternal Torah, it actually happened. It really happened. He's saying, send Mashiach, don't send me. So how did Hashem fulfill it? That the same Shliach that Hashem sends to redeem us from Egypt, from the time, will be the same one that he sends to redeem us in the future. As it says in the Medrash, with Mashiach's Garo Rishon and Garo He's the first redeemer and he's the last redeemer. He becomes unified, one piece. Two people become one unit. Now, remember, watch this. This is the crux of what we're looking for. We said, you know, who am I? What am I here to do? How do I have the tools to do it? So here's a hint. Two people, 
one unit. Two energies with units. Just think unit, unif- unifying of energies. Unifying of opposites. Merging of opposites. Just have that principle in mind. Because we're going to see that Meshur and Mashiach are in, on one level opposites. And, and through this request, they become unified. That's the whole name of the game for us, for all of history. Union of opposites. When it comes to these last seconds of, you know, going into Geula, especially looking at the political scene in the world, keep that principle in mind. Unifying, merging of opposites, merging of opposites, merging of opposites. Because I think we said the other day, this is, the story in this Parsha is about a shidduch, a union, a wedding of Yitzchak and Rivka, a merging of opposites. Masculine and feminine are, are, are Exact opposite. So, this is the whole energy. So when you ask yourself, can I do this job? What is my job? Just think. I don't know. Not quite sure I have all the answers, but just think. Merging of opposites. In myself. In the world. In everything. And you'll have the hint to the next step. So when Maisha Benu said, Shlach Nabiyah even though he knew, um, he said, send the ultimate one, what he was doing was unifying the first redeemer with the last redeemer. Remember? Merging of opposites. So that the first Geula from Egypt, from Mitzrayim, should be connected with the last Geula, Mashiach. The final Geula. Geula Shlema. And so, and here's, here's another contradiction. Remember, merging of opposites. What's the contradiction? Maishar Benu and Mashiach come from two different tribes. Maishar Benu is from Shevet Levi. Mashiach is from Shevet Yehuda. Well, hmm. That's interesting. Very different. And they denote two very different energies. Mashiach Benu is Chachma. Wisdom. Learns the Torah. Mashiach is Malchus. So now think of the ten energies, ten Kaichas, ten spirits. Chachma bin Adat, Chesed, Gvorit, Teferis, Nesachai, Yisrael, Malchus. Chachma is the first, the top. Malchus is the bottom. Of the ten Kaichas, the ten Kiras, the ten energies, the ten soul powers, the ten, 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 ten. Chachma, wisdom, is the beginning. And it filters all the way down through all the, all different energies, all the way down through the bottom is Malchus. Leishabin is Chachma. Mashiach is Malchus. There we go. We're unifying opposites again. Once you unify those, unify those opposites, then you're putting together everything in between. So here's another hint. What are we seeing here? That when we see ourselves doing our mission, whatever it is, at any given moment, by unifying the opposites in our lives and not being afraid to unify opposites, that's the name of the game. Not to be afraid to consider the possibility of unifying opposites in our lives or in the world and nothing gets impossible, then everything in between gets, you know, gets carried along as well. That's the amazing thing. So, well, we sit on a stone for so long, and we have to stand up here. The stone is probably below us. So, um, let's just do this. Or, okay, so I'm just going to say, on a political... Mute everybody. Cu- uh, yes, thank you.
Okay, so we're saying when we're talking about shlichus and we're looking at shlichus now being expressed through two opposites, uh, shlichus being also also expressed through two opposites of two political parties, parties, etc. in the world, and one party is saying about the other, the guy, other saying he's a liar and he's a cheater, that's the one thing that he's not. We understand that people are now, these various forms of ASAs, whether it comes to the, the Democrats or the Republicans, they're all ASAs on some level, they're perceiving their shlichus without being able to be consciously aware of it. And so they're just opening their mouths and they're saying rhetoric, but the rhetoric is maybe Hashem speaking through them and putting the world, giving the world a visibility into their shlichus and giving them a visibility if they could be aware of it, of what they're, they're understanding their shlichus is without understanding it. So I'm saying this one party that accuses the other guy of being a liar and a cheater, lying and cheating, there, and he's, he doesn't lie, he does what he says he's going to do, whether it's good or bad, you know, in the pleasant and the non-pleasant, he says, I'm going to do this, and then he does it. So I'm going to fire this guy, and then he fires him. I'm going to be tough on this, and then he's tough on that. I'm going to do this good thing, and then he does that good thing. So he's the one, he's the one president that he says he's going to do, and he does. So you can't call him a lawyer, a liar. <clears throat> you can call him a very tough tough, tough guy, but you can't call him a liar. <laughs> he, he's, he's the best of the bunch of all the ASAs we've ever had. Um, and and a cheater, uh, he doesn't cheat. He, 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 he warns us, I'm going to do this, and then he goes and does it. That's not called cheating. So the very the two things that he really, as as ASA, okay, you can't compare him to a Yiddish tzaddik, but I'm saying to an, a regular ASA, he doesn't lie and he doesn't cheat. That's not what he's known for. It's funny that the other side will say that, but you understand that on some level, as the Baal Shem Tov says, you see something in somebody else, and that's really what you understand about yourself. They're understanding that they are representing Alma de Shikra, the world of lies, where there's lying and cheating, where you're representing Hashem so concealed that it's all a lie. A tree says there's nothing more than a tree. It's just a tree. There's nothing else here. There's no godly spark in the tree. That's the lie of, of the world. And 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 because the world is Amada Shikra, it cheats, I guess. You know, all kinds of un because if I'm looking at leaves in the forest right now on the ground, the leaves how are they cheating us? They're cheating us out of I don't know, holiness, etc. They really are. They're they're stealing holiness. We should be able to look at the leaves and, and experience the spark of Hashem in them right away. It's a little easier when you're looking at a beautiful scene of changing leaves because it's pleasant. When you're at a gas station where there's a long line and everybody's screaming with loud, noisy music, it's hard to feel the godly spark there. So this world cheats us of the offer, cheats us out of our um, opportunities to experience Hashem and bond with Hashem. You know, I might have been in line at the gas station waiting to fill up with gas and it's annoying and I'm exhausted from it and all that and it, it cheated me out of 20 minutes of a beautiful, warm, godly union and godly experience and it stole it from me and I come home exhausted and then I have to sleep for an hour. It stole an hour and a half from me. What did? The world of lies. So the world of lies on the Dishikra, the regular world, lies and cheats. So therefore, you have this Democratic Party that's accusing the other guy of lying and cheating because on some level, they're understanding we have chosen to, in this Purim spiel, 
play the part of Amadeus Shikra. And he, the other guy, the Republican guy, has chosen in this Purim spiel to, relatively speaking, play the part of the world of, of truth. The world of truth. The only thing is, as I said, um, you could say as a joke that, you know, who's more Mashiachic? The Democrats or the, the Republicans? It's a joke. They, you could say the Democrats are more Mashiachic because they got a lot of dead people voting. You know, great, great, great grandmothers and grandparents. So they believe in Chiesa Mason. <laughs> right? They're already, by then, they're already holding by Chiesa Mason. So they must be the real Mishachet. <laughs> Somebody wrote, said, you know, Biden did an amazing job of unifying families in a way that people haven't done for centuries. That when, you know, it was unbelievable. I was able to vote in the same election with my great, great, great grandfather. That was just so beautiful. We just had this unified, myself and my great, great, great grandfather were able to unify in this thing. Right? It's a joke. Like, right? the great, great, great grandfather had to get to do this thing. So, okay. So if that's the case, um, what we want to go back to is the idea of shlichus in the Torah, right? Because, again, what is our mission in life? What is shlichus in the Torah? Okay. So we want to go back to that. In, it's in this Parsha. It's in this Parsha. The reason that we're dealing with in this Parsha in Chayasara, what is my mission, what is shlichus, what is a shliach, is because this is the first place where it occurs. What is the shlichus? Avram Avinu sends Eliezer to find a shidduch for his son Yitzchak. And it happened. He did it. And of course, so it goes into a, which I'll do very quickly, a whole question. How do you call it a shlichus? He sends Eliezer. He's supposed to find a shidduch. He's supposed to find him, uh, a wife for Yitzchak. And he's told, go to my people and don't go somewhere else and find, and find a wife for, for Yitzchak. How's that shlichus? Right? You want to say it was a shliach or a shidduch, but how's a shliach? And so, in order to figure it out, you know, what's the definition of it? We have to know, what is a shliach? If each one of us is a shliach, an emissary, what does that mean? And so, there are really four unique pieces of information here. One, shliach The shliach of somebody is like the one who sent him. If you are on a shliach, the one who sent you, you are one with him. You're not like him. You're not empowered by him. Of course, you are all of that. You are one unit. Remember, merging of offices? He's the Mishaleach, I'm the Shliach. We become one unit when he sends me on my mission. There we go. Unifying of offices. Next, Maitha Shliach is Kamaitha Mishaleach. The deed of the Shliach, me, is like the deed of the one who sends me, of the Mishaleach. Unifying of offices. My deeds and his deeds are, I'm on the lower end of the scale. He's on the higher end of the scale. We become one piece when, when I start to do the deeds that, the actions that he gives me to do. Also, kayachasiya of the shaliyah is, is like, is kamaita de mashaliyah. My ability, my kayach to do stuff is one with the kayach of the mashaliyah. And the whole shaliyah is kamaita de mashaliyah. Kamaita mamash. The shaliyah, the emissary, is literally one piece. His whole being is one with the one, the, the mishaleach, the one who sends him. These, now, so again, when I ask myself, what, what am I doing here and what is shlichus? Well, one thing about shlichus, when I am doing a mission, 
being sent by the one who sent me, the Mishaleach, I become one with that person. Now, if that person is on a very lofty level, like who, who, who's sending me? My Shurbenu. And Mashiach. Me unifying with my Shurbenu, good, sounds good to me. Me unifying with Mashiach also sounds good to me. Great. What do I have to do? They send me on a mission, do it. Step into it. Lean into it. I become a different person. So now, we're going to go back to this, this question. So was Eliezer a shaliach or a shadchan? Was he a matchmaker to find a wife? Or was he a shaliach? Um, was it very different? Because when you hire a matchmaker, a, a shadchan, the matchmaker doesn't become one with the person who hired him. His, his kayak, his, his actions, his this, that. You do not become one unit. You, you pay him or her to do a job. That's it. You don't unify. Oh, I sent this shadchan. I hired a shadchan to find the shidduch. We did not become one unit. The job. I hire a plumber. If I hire a plumber, I do not become one with the plumber. I hired a plumber and I pay a plumber. Same thing. I hired a shadchan. I become, I mean, maybe there's a difference between a plumber and a shadchan, but I hire a shadchan. They do a job. They remain them and I remain me. Is that what Eliezer was? A hired worker? To find a wife? Maybe. So you could say that Eliezer was not a shliach. Remember, what we want to find out, and we want to find out for a reason, was Eliezer a shliach or a shatchan? Well, you could say he was a separate person, like a shatchan. Because, remember, um, he was sent, he was told, go to my family and find a wife for Yitzchak. And Eliezer said, um, maybe my daughter could be a suiting, suitable wife for your son. And Avramus Avinu said, no. My family is this, you were that. It, it does not go together. Um, uh, Avram, he said, my son is Baruch, blessed, and you're our, our you're from a different nation. You're from the Kanani nation. And the Kanani nation is on a very different level of holiness. It's Aurora. And, and, and Yitzhak is from a nation that's, from a family that's blessed. Bar, bar. Okay. And therefore you see, oh, okay. Well, if Eliezer could have these independent ideas, I guess he didn't become one with the Avram Avinu. But as soon as he was told, no, this one won't work. That's it. Okay. He was absolutely faithful to what Avram Avinu told him. In fact, it says, Zakin based on Marshall B'cholah Sherlai. He literally drew from the Torah of his Rebbe. Zayla Mashkum Eved Avram. He was a servant, a total servant to Avram. Eved Melech Melech, the servant. The servant of a king is himself a king. If you're the servant of a king, you become the king. Crucial piece of information. When we align ourselves with Mashiach himself and allow him to guide our mission in life, he's the king. Melech Mashiach, we become kings. We, we, we step out of being simple, small people to becoming kings ourselves. It's an oxymoron. We have to be buckled, nullified to 
the will of Mashiach, the king, and then we become the king. So, well, become haughty, I know, but by, but you have to be nullified all the time for you to retain that status. So it's a, it's a catch-22. But that was Eliezer. And he did exactly what he was told by Avram. And Avram Avinu made him swear. He said, put your hand under my thighs, because he had, had, had a bris mila, and swear to me that you will take from this, my family. And this, and this is what, you know, you will find a girl from there. And so, according to all of this, halachically, etc., we see that Eliezer was a shaliyah. He really became one with the one who sent him, with Avram Avinu. And not only that, but an interesting thing. You think that the shaliyah is just told, do this, 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 and don't deviate. No. Shliach is often not told. A lot of things are left to the shliach's own decision. Isn't that interesting? Shliach is also an oxymoron. He, he, he's told, nullify your will to my will. And to the will, really, essentially, nullify your will to the will of Hashem. But then figure out on your own how to do it. And how to do everything that you, you know, go find a, a wife for Yitzchak. No instructions. Where will I, you know, what will she look like? How will I know that? None. Good luck. I'm sure you'll do a great job. <laughs> Figure it out on your own. Well, if I have to be nullified to your will, why can't you just tell me every detail? No, 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 no. Because a shliach, by definition, is going to be a union of two opposite energies. Total nullification and total independence. We need to keep that in mind. Today, our mission in life, every one of us is empowered to be a shliach, which means you're going to be living in two, two opposite realities all the time, merging of two opposites. And we say that. Total nullification, total nullification, and total independence. Very interesting. So, um, and here's, here's the really crucial piece. There are a couple of really crucial pieces of information here. Um, Eliezer, when he went, he was given a piece of paper, a document, a star. And he could then, and what was in this star, in this document? Ko, tuv, adina. Everything, everything, not just some, everything that belonged to Avram Avinu was put into this document, signed over to his son Yitzhak, put in the hands of Eliezer. Eliezer now had in his hands, remember in those days, you couldn't cross-check online with, you know, there was no, it was a document, somebody lost it, the whole thing was gone. There's no other proof. There's no other proof. There's no looking up the records online and, and cross-checking it with this website and that government record, none, zero. I write a star, a document, I tell you, I bequeath everything to such and such. I put this, this document in your hands. If you rip up the document, the whole legal deal is off, and I own nothing. You essentially, with that piece of paper, with that parchment in your hands, you have all my wealth in your hands. I just gave you all my wealth. You're now going to have, it's, 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 it's squeezed down into, shrunk down into a document. You're now going to take that document and give it to Yitzhak, hopefully. You and I, now how would I trust you? 
what I trust you? If you and I become one unit, I'm the Mishaleach, I'm the, sender, the one who sends, and you're the Shaliach. He said, they are one unit. I'm not giving my wealth into the hands of a foreigner. You are me and I am you. So the only way that Eliezer could be given this document and trusted with it, this is not just, this is not just a document about money. This is a, a document about spiritual bequeathing from Avram Avinu to us, to his children. To Yitzchak and from Yitzchak, we are all born. In, in fact, from Yitzchak, Yaakov and Esav are born. Whoops. Ah, sorry. There's a little animal here. So Yaakov and Esav. Now, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Now, think about that. This whole Parsha is talking about giving over spiritually everything from Avram Avinu, remember the Abraham Accords, to Yitzchak. But Yitzchak does have two sons, Yaakov and Esav. Well, that's what we're dealing with now politically, aren't we? Are we voting in the ASOS that's going to help Yaakov? Or are we and continue to help Yaakov? Which is brand new for ASOS. Never did it before. Little pieces here and there. Or are we going to vote in? Are we going to be, have a America run for four years? Four years is a long time. By someone who is reversed to the old way. You know, uh, the old classical attitude that Asaph had about Yaakov, which was, uh, you know, we're not your best friend, exactly. You know, we do what's good for us, and uh, you got to toe the line. You know, the way it's been in New York State the past few years, that's the old classical Asaph relationship with Yaakov. Like, I'm not your friend, says Asaph. And when I want to impose my power on you and I'm in a bad mood, I'll just close down your stores again and you can't do anything. I'll just tell you that you can't have your schools open unless you sign up, you know, for testing. I'll just tell you this and that and there's nothing you can do. You are my you are under my control, says Ace of Seattle. That's what we've been dealing with in, in New York City. Very, in New York City, very interesting. But in the, there's one place in the world where there's the largest population of Yaakovavinis, of Jewish people, outside of the land of Israel, and that is New York, New York State. And it is fully a gullus situation. And at, it's a fully gullible situation. There are many places in the world. Although we had a president, it's totally for us. But in the place where the majority of Yidden are there, of Jewish people are there, you have an Asaph running the place who says, I'm going to do it like they did it 500 years ago. I want to oppress the Jews. I'm going to oppress the Jews. And nobody can stop them. An Asaph. I'm here to, I hate you. I'm here to oppress the Jews. Remember Asa the oppresses Yaakov, his brother? Remember that old classical way? We haven't moved forward an inch. I'm going to do it the old, 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 old way. We're going to go back to medieval times. And there ain't nothing you can do, do about it. That's, the, the irony is that's what we, 
in New York State or living through in this place where, and I guess he didn't feel like, well, if we just live, leave New York State, then it will, will be safe. Um, okay, in the short run. But there's a clear mirror to do here. There's a clear process to, to do here. So, so we're fighting both, both of those things. So going back to Avram and, 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 and Eliezer. So Avram Avinu is going to bequeath everything to Yitzchak. And then the question is, and we see throughout Kyra is showing us, that when the spiritual heritage of Avram Avinu went to Yitzchak, and then Yitzchak, and this you'll, if you listen to Rabbi Weisberg's videos, you watch them, when Yitzchak then had to decide, okay, I have received the entire spiritual heritage from my father, Yaakov. Do I pass it, pass it down to both of my sons, Yaakov and Asa? Who do I pass it to? Only Rebetzin Yitzchak, called Rivka, understood that her husband was not didn't, was not seeing things with the deepest wisdom. Yes, his physical vision was impaired probably because whatever, there was a block there. And he really did not see that Asaph wasn't as bad as he was. And that's why he would have given the blessings to Yitzchak. He would have given him those blessings. And that's why Rivka had to intervene. Rivka saw that her husband was not going to understand. And she had to simply intervene. And she did. And she was supposed to. And, um, Bella, we have a lot of rain now. Yeah. You should take, this should be a COL picture of the day. Woman sitting in Prospect Park with an umbrella learning on a tree stump. Very good. Okay. So, um, so, so what are we saying? It all came through trickery. Very interesting. It did not come in a straight way. Whatever that's about, it did not come in a straight way. The fact that the heritage, the spiritual heritage, had to go from Avram Avinu to Yaakov Avinu. Wait, so Avram to his son Yitzchak and then be passed on to Yaakov Avinu because Asaph was not a fitting vessel for the blessings at that point. He would have used them for real evil. He just, you know, he, he, he was eat drink, eat, drink, and be merry and um, extremely immoral, plus, plus, plus. That's, that's the best part of it. It's interesting that it couldn't have been a straight chain, a straight line. Avram Avinu gives to Yitzchak Avinu, gives to Yaakov Avinu. But it has to come through trickery. There has to be some deception there. So when we look at the process now of what we're going through in the election, why couldn't it go straight? Well, think about that one. Couldn't go straight the first time. We're talking about Abraham Accords. What is Abraham Accords? Avram Avinu bequeathing to Yitzchak. He then bequeathed to Yaakov, Esav, and Yishmael. Brings the whole family together. Can't we do it in a straight way? Not yet. 
and probably the masculine energy will not understand it. Only the feminine energy will understand it. It's got to go in a way of concealment. Unusual, surprising things. Which is why the fact that we're in Tafshin Pe'alaf, the year of Svaterenu, you will see wonders, unbelievable wonders, meaning you don't know what's around the corner, which is exactly what we're living through. You just don't know what's around the corner because it's all going to go through these surprises. These surprises, which is what we, you know, the precedent was was there already with Rifka, you mean. Surprise! You think, oh, my dear husband, Yitzchak, you think that this is your son, Asa. Well, guess what? It's not. Surprise! It's a costume. And that set into place, and it had to be, according to the, to the Chachma of Kedusha, it had to go that way. And it set into being, for a few thousand years, this way that things have to come, you know, surprise, you never know, this isn't a costume, that's concealed. It's not clear and straight. Bunch of costumes. God in a costume. Especially now. Lots of surprises. So when we, we get scared because we don't know what's going to be happening, well, you know, everybody likes surprise parties. The whole year is going to be a surprise party at any given moment. You know, they can jump out, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the lights come on like, surprise! <laughs> it turns from a nightmare into a, a surprise party, and they pull out the cake. So, going back to this idea that the bequeathing of the heritage of Avram Avinu is in this piece of paper, is in this document, that's how we know that Eliezer was a shliach. The document could only be, could not be given to someone who's not yourself. Basically, Avram Avinu is saying, I am carrying the document personally to Yitzchak. I am handing it to him from my hand to his hand. Wait a minute, you sent it with Eliezer. Eliezer is me. So, it's as if I am literally stretching out my hand from Eretz Yisrael all the way down to, I think, Chalun. And I'm handing it to him personally in his hand. Because Eliezer is a shliya. He is, he is me. And this is what we need to understand, that today, if we're a shliach of Mashiach himself, we are him. And he is us. And anything, and when we are out there, we wonder sometimes, wow, I didn't know I knew that, could do that, had these talents, had these abilities, I don't know where they came from. That's because really Mashiach is personally doing the job, but giving us the merit that he's doing it through us. As much as we're willing to be one with him, we get to have his kinds of energy. So, then there's one, I think, more huge question that comes up. How is it possible? This is, this is a massive one. Um, actually, maybe we'll... Yeah, I think we're going to stop here and we're going to do a second recording after that. So in the next recording, we're going to explore why in the world Avram would bequeath every single thing that he has to his son Yitzhak, which means it all comes down to us, what that's all about. And Mr. Shem, God willing, we should 
experience that, that bequeathing in its fullest sense in the Gula immediately now. And in the next, in the next recording audio, we will hear how that all fits together, all the pieces of the puzzle.